All right, here we go. It's the Jimmy Palumbo Show with your host, Jimmy Palumbo. That's right. Show number 30 here. We have a very special sh uh, show because it's show number 30. That's a mild mi milestone. I got Chris Gucci behind the glass. Help me out as always. And this is show number 30, bro. So congratulations. Congrats to you, man. There you go. Been Big a, three. It's been a wild ride. No? I remember when I turned 30, I just hung out in Manasquan all weekend. Got drunk with my buddy Tommy Plinio. Now I'm here live from Matawan. But where am I from? The Flipping Made Easy Studios here, courtesy of Chop Sports Network via Matawan. <laughs> That's right. Flipping Made Easy. Go check it out. All your, if you're looking to flip houses and learn about buying houses and what to do, what not to do, they learned how to do it right. They'll teach you, and they'll give you all the different millions of listings about where to buy these houses and flip them and make money, and God bless America. But we are here live from the Flipping Made Easy Studios. Show number 30. And as you know, I got to name the player for number 30. Now, the first guy I saw online was a classic, uh, Eddie Lopat from the Yankees in the 50s. Because Frank Messer, Frank Messer, who used to do old-timers games, used to go, Steady, Eddie Lopat, uh, which always made me laugh because my buddy Eddie Driscoll out in L.A., I used to always yell, Eddie, Steady, Eddie, when he did karaoke. Uh, I know my buddy Johnny Kelly's falling off his couch right now laughing at that. I could have went with, you know, Eddie Lopat. I'll do that for my dad. Uh, Willie Randolph, um, Dave Robertson, uh, Mel Stoudemire, veteran pitcher. Very, it would have been a $20 million guy. Corey Lytle, shitty Yankee, but God rest his soul, he died. His plane crash in a building, which I don't think that's disgusting of. He was a guy, a pitcher on the Yankees, and he flew his plane into a building. Two blocks away from my aunt, she like literally heard the whole thing. Nathan Avaldi, who as a Yankee fan, we call him a jerk-off because he's on the uh, Red Sox now. Uh, Steph Curry, Terrell Davis. Another weird thing I did not notice, and you're probably going to laugh at me, two best goaltenders of all time in the Tri-State area, Brodeur and Lundquist, same number. Why I didn't know that? I didn't know. I could tell you why. Why is that? Because nobody cares about hockey. Okay, that's fine. I'm good with that. Um, another guy who's like a complete pedophile, murderer, rapist, Dave Meggett from the Giants. Dave who, Meggett was my guy. He's your guy? He's yeah. in jail for like 45 years. So he's a creep. You actually said my other guy, too. Oh, I did? All right. Um, but my guy is going to be... Now, this is probably going to be a little older for you guys, but I don't think... Well, he's in the Hall of Fame, so... Um, but before Ewing... Um, there was a guy in the Knicks called Bernard King. And what people don't realize, the Celtics were really good then, so were the Lakers. And kind of, not out of nowhere, but Bernard King started to gel with the Knicks. And he was scoring 50 and 60 points a game when really that wasn't, that wasn't the norm. Now, of course, Curry's probably done that, you know, averaged that one year. But Bernard King, there was that like one year where he was like playing the Celtics with Larry Bird and Larry Bird in his prime during that year, he was not the best player on the court. It was Bernard King. He was that good. But he blew out his knee. And, of course, that led to the Knicks being shitty, which led to them getting the number one pick, which led to Patrick Ewing. But Bernard King was one of the best college players of all time. Uh, and uh, he just was a dominant player. And he blew out his knee, and he came back, and he, a couple games with the Knicks, and the Knicks ended up getting rid of him, and he played. He blew out his knee just before modern medicine saved careers well, I, of blown-out knee I, players. I wish I knew more about his injury. I think it was a little more severe than that, but probably he would have came back sooner. Maybe have been. But again, you get, he got a major injury, completely wiped the Knicks out. Um, 
Knicks were never the same until they got Ewing, and then, of course, the rest is history. So show number 30 is going to Bernard King. I used to love watching him play. Who's your guy, Chris? Well, I was going to go with Dave Meggett. All right. I was on the fence about Willie Randolph, but then I figured you'd say him. Yeah, yeah, you were yeah. down the Yankee path, so I thought I thought I might have been safe with Dave Meggett, but lo and behold, both my guys no, but got you, We Dave can't him. use Dave Meggett because he's have, in jail. I have he's a, a backup because I'm a diehard Packer fan, so I always have something in the reserve okay. tank. And we'll play out the all-time leading rusher for the Green Bay Packers. Do you know who it is? All-time leading all-time rusher. All-time leading rusher for the Green Bay Packers. He's not an old-school player. No, I know who he not is. I just, I'm forgetting. Who is I'll it? give you a hint. He went to Nebraska. I, I don't, I don't know. Amon Green. Yes, 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 yes. All right, well, that's number 30. There you go. And how do you say his first name? Amon Green. Amon Green. All right, I'll say that once. So, okay. So, here we go. Show number 30, the Bernard King Show. Um, well, look. Biggest news right away, Yankees clinch a wild card game. It sounds like we're celebrating this great thing, but if you've been watching the Yankees all year, they've been up and down. I'm, I'm actually glad they clinched. Um, should have they won the division? No. The Rays are just better, and they had a big, insurmountable lead. Uh, I think the Yankees should have clinched the home field, but they didn't. They're playing the Red Sox tomorrow night, um, Tuesday night. Should be a lot of fun. I think um, uh, this is the thing that this guy uh, – you know, our boy Cole has to... I just get a funny feeling he's going to shit the bed, and yet the Yankees are still going to win. I just don't trust this guy right now. I have a question for you regarding the Yankees. A little, little different. What do you think happens with Boone? Like, what needs to happen for the Yankees this postseason for them to keep Boone? You think oh, he's he, staying I think regardless? He, I think he keeps his job now. You think so? He, he kept a lot of injuries. This is a made, weird year. Made a case. Uh, all season, I was calling for his job like most Yankee fans because when you're in a situation that they were in with the talent they have and they just couldn't stay consistent... You look to blame somebody. Now, you look at the season as a whole, I look back at it, and I'm like, I don't know that there's anything that Boone could have done differently to put them in a hey, better look, position than they are now. The Rays are that good. That's I think he managed uh, – I think he, I think he did a lot of good ma- – he made some – listen, all the managers today, you got some guy on a computer in the upper deck uh, in the offices there is telling them what to do. They're giving them notes down there, so some managers are hand-tied. Boone has a little freedom, but not much. They go with the analytics. That's why. Why are they bringing in Chad Green? Why are they not Yeah, bringing- but there's certain situations. Like, when you're tied in a must-win game, tied going into the ninth, Boone, you got to take your clo- – you got to put your closer in. Well, uh, that's baseball. But I also think Boone, the job of a New York Yankee manager, that, that's for that's for like Detroit. Boone, you got to manage the clubhouse, and I think with the injuries, with Glaber Torres sucking for a while, uh, Voight, the Voight thing was very odd. Voight was a big Yankee favorite, but he he had nowhere to play. They made some trades. I think handling. You know, uh, it seemed like Gallo didn't get a hit for, but, for but a I'll month. But I'll tell you what the Gallo and, and Rizzo acquisitions did to the Yankee lineup. Was they, they split it up with lefties, they, finally. that was You saw Giancarlo and, and Judge really take mid- off when the two lefties no got question. inserted into the no lineup. No question. I think he handled that well. So good for him. The Yankees are in the playoffs. I'll be watching. Hope they win. I just get the feeling Cole... I think it's going to be one of those weird games where he... I'd love it if I... I will come on the air Monday and say, like, hey, Cole, throw a four-hit hey, shutout. Which, which team is going to show up? But if he if it's like 6 nothing and he gets battered in the first three innings, I think he's got to catch some heat there. And maybe there's something to that sticky stuff. I don't know. The other thing I got to add, I made a brutal error last week on the show. For some reason, I make these... Uh, I make errors on the show now that I used to never make, but sign of age. Um, I was... I did a, um, the TV show, The Get Down... I kept on saying it's shot in West New York. <laughs> That's the nice section of Brooklyn. This one shot in East New York, which is not 
the next, the nice uh, section of Brooklyn. I kept on saying West New York, stupid. Um, I made a mistake, East West. I got confused. Um, so my um, my apologies go out to anybody from West New York and uh, to the East New York people. You know, you caught a week break. Uh, just uh, that place uh, didn't get the memo. That's nice to live Before in Brooklyn. Before you transition off of sports, make sure you talk Rutgers, Ohio State. Well, of course, you, you, I wasn't going to transition off of sports. Um, I have to discuss this because I was at the game. Well, way, to, way to prod me into a direction, which sadly, okay, my Scarlet Knights played, um, had to put their big boy pants on this weekend. And, um, they didn't fit. They didn't fit. Uh, <laughs> they, Is that I was, where you were actually going? Yeah, with I was going to go there. Uh, they just, listen, Rutgers didn't play well. They got smoked. I was disappointed at the start of the game, the crowd. Half the crowd still partying in the parking lot. It's Ohio State. They're a good team. I always think it should be packed right at the start. But you know what? We're not there yet. How did Ohio State travel? Well, everybody wears the same colors. So it's hard to see. You couldn't tell. Yeah. But when they scored, I heard cheers. So, But the biggest thing, and I, I could listen, anybody who wasn't there watched the game, Ohio State, man, I'm telling you, we I have good seats. It, it, the visual to me was six to seven inches per man and two to three inches width. And I'm not talking about offensive linemen. We know that Ohio State's got the big uglies. Their receivers, their cornerbacks, their quarterback, they're all, it looked like. Like even this six-foot receiver looks enormous. Yeah. Rutgers looked like a a, a peewee team next to him. And a couple of bonehead calls by Shiano in the beginning. It should have went for the punt, blah, blah, blah. But you just knew. It was like a ball rolling downhill. Rutgers is. um, The thing about Ohio State is that their third Best running back would start at Rutgers. Right. For now. For now. And uh, you got to remember, the good things that Shannon's done, not on the field yet. But also, I know Ohio State lost to Oregon, so they're in like, they suckville, but they don't suck. And I think Ohio State can really cause, do a lot of damage the rest of the way. My opine, we'll see how they do against Michigan. And like, if you ask me, Rutgers went toe-to-toe with Michigan. We we can't go toe-to-toe Ohio State. Like, I predict that Ohio State will beat Penn State and Michigan handedly. Oh, I don't know about beating Penn State handily. Penn State's I do. I, I, team I, is I, really good. They're good. I, I think Ohio, this Ohio State at, team is good, And you look at too. their recruiting class that they've got oh, over good the too. last five years. I Penn think, State's right there. I think because they lost to Oregon, everybody's like, oh, Ohio State sucks now. And you know, I know why you're saying that. It's because they got their loss out of the way, basically. You know how like they, well, the way, they But the way college football is now you lose, you're done. Unless you're, unless, unless you you're LSU, the Big Ten LSU the, can go three SEC. and eight, and they still invite them in. If you go to the, if you're in the Big Ten or the SEC and you win your conference, you're going. I don't care if you got two losses. Or right. Not. Well, yes, uh, but the Big Ten is supposedly down this year, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Rutgers stinks. I don't know. Down, they got four teams in the top fifteen. I do think Penn State's good, but I think they're going to have trouble with Ohio State. I'll leave it at that. Also, my Giants. Well, look, uh, Giants were zero and three. I think they stink, but the first half was unwatchable. I was texting with my buddy Bobby Cristiano, my cousin John. I was like, "But this team stinks. There's nothing going on there." And I was bashing, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Saquon Barkley. Uh, he's always slipping. He just doesn't look ready. And then the second half, man, did he shut me up? He had a great half, some great pass plays. Giants got him in space, um, uh, you know. And I thought. Uh, Daniel Jones would look like he knew what he was doing, and they really dominated the second Another half. Another bright spot 
for the Giants was that rookie receiver that uh, finally got some burn. Kadarius Tony looked like, and he also looked like he was playing with a little chip on his shoulder. Like it's ridiculous. I have proved that he belongs. Well, and a little bit like almost like uh, this is a joke that I haven't played yet. I like saying, well, bring your sne- bring your cleats to practice. Don't get COVID every four days, you know, and stop being a jerk off. But he actually played well. Barkley played well. Giants look good. The defense held. Overtime, drove right down the film. Boom, touchdown. Good night. Don't give it to the defense to give up that score. So Another big story for the Giants. Daniel Jones threw his first pick in and it four was, games, and it was a it was Hail a, Mary. Which I don't think they should count. That shouldn't count as a pick. He's heaving up there with seconds Matt, ago. If they didn't count as picks, Rodgers would have zero career picks. I agree with that. And he would Because the difference with Rodgers and Daniel Jones and those Hail Marys is Rodgers throws for a touchdown. And sometimes the guy's wi- eerily wide open in the end zone. Cracks me up. But, yeah, so the Giants won. Um, you know what? This team just needed to win. They got the win. Uh, and also, I'm not really a Jet fan, but I think MetLife as a building needed to get a win. I was kidding around with one of the other uh, interns here, because I am the intern liaison, about how awful the Giants and Jets record is in the MetLife building. And next week, I promise you, I will have statistic data on how bad teams are, the Jets and Giants are home games. I think it's less than 40% they win there. We'll find out. I will do that next week, I promise. I've already apologized to East New York and West New York. I feel terrible about that. Um... Also, look, uh, teams I hate, Cowboys look good, the Packers look good. I don't hate the Packers, but I was wrong about Rodgers. I've been wrong about Brady. They both look like they're 25. Um, but I tell you, as good as good as, um, as Brady, yeah, Brady's the GOAT. He's got, you know, 17 Super Bowl wins. He, he, he's actually getting younger. He looks like he's 12. When you watch Rodgers, though, during the game, and me and my buddy Mike were laughing about this, when you watch Rodgers, even though he hasn't had near – near the success Brady when you watch him play you're like your brain is totally like uh you know this is this is the best quarterback of all time his his ability to flick a 30 yard pass on um, the money on the money uh and it was one play at the end of the game where he even though they were up I don't know why they were throwing I would have had Rodgers out of the game if you asked me but he he flicked one and the guy was wide open but another receiver thought it was to him and actually blocked the pass and Rodgers gave him a look like what are you doing bro I just threw a, a strike his even the announcers like oh Rodgers down and out third and nine 12 yard out like uh, so when you watch the games itself, except for the first game, which was an anomaly. Are you pandering to your producer right now? No, no, I no. This, this I've always been a big no, Rod- Rod- Rodgers. No, he. But but you can't. But but you lose in court. Who the goat is? Oh, of course. I said. <laughs> but, but meanwhile, but if you watch the games, it's you're like, like you're sitting there and you're like, when as Brady was when he when his fifth, I was like, all right, like you know, it's. He's not the goat yet because Rodgers is better. But then he wins his sixth and his seventh, and it's like, all right, it's, you really, you really sound like an asshole he, he making just, the argument. Right, and you can you can make the Peyton Manning regular season argument too because he was a very, very awesome, great quarterback. He just didn't. He ran into Brady, you know, and Rodgers is running into Brady's legacy. But if you watch the games, it's like I don't know. I think Rodgers. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think maybe maybe Rodgers is better. See Rodgers in but, New England. If you just um, play the what if game and you just. Made a time warp and put Rodgers on the Patriots since day one, and Brady on the Packers. The Patriots don't lose; they're still winning those Super Bowls. Right, but I also wonder uh, with Rodgers under a kind of a co- uh, coach like Belichick could, could have changed things. I think the Packers let Rodgers fly, and that uh, Belichick doesn't let anybody fly. Um, 
But it's just interesting. Um, we're going on long on that, but I, uh, I Rogers, great quarterback. I also giggled that my, um, you know, I picked my fantasy team via the computer, and I'm three and one, and I would be four and zero. Oh, except if Tua didn't get hurt in the first quarter, all he got to do is stay healthy. Because I lost by like point oh eight points, I would I'd be four and zero. Oh. You could have scrambled for. 10 yards, and you would have won. And I guess because I picked up Daniel Jones. He had a big game. That's pretty much why I won. But uh, I've been in every game, and I'm 3-1. and one. But I uh, I got to admit, I just look at the screen and watch the numbers go up. I don't really care. I don't even know what teams they play for. Um, so that's that. Other thing, my weekend was a good time. After the Rutgers game, I went to a block party over on Dogwood Terrace. Sang a few songs. I sing in a band called Red Label with um, my buddy Dave DeLisi, Paul Simpson, and our intern, Pete McNally's dad, Greg McNally, on lead guitar. And I sang uh, some Marshall Tucker songs and uh, some Van See, Morrison this is songs. things that we, we at Chop Sports learn about Jimmy every Jim, day. I, I, I did I not can, know Jimmy was in a cover band. I can, uh, I can carry a tune, so, tunes that I like to sing. So what we need to do is we need to produce a new song for your podcast. That I'm singing you on. singing the intro song. We could kind of write the whole thing. And maybe, maybe I'll get those guys to do it, like, because uh, they, they, they do have ways of recording. Was that kind of creepy though? It's having a hundred percent. Okay, good, good, good. Lost you agree on that. Yeah. So, so, so we've already we, we just had our production meeting. And we already nixed the idea. Yeah. <laughs> See, one thing about Chop Sports and Chris Gucci behind the glasses, we can live produce our show and nix ideas. That was a good idea, bad idea. Yeah. Okay, but you know what? You part of you still wants but to I try still it. Feel like we could have some fun with it. That's yes. where I'm really going. All right. We need to get right. Jimmy so on. We can at least cut to tape. me singing. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Um, I also had a good time Thursday night. You know, uh, now I guess we'll get off sports because I don't want to hear people, you talk too much about sports. Well, I'm a sports fan. That's how I open my show. You hit the hit the 30-second button. You want to skip the sports. Um, I, uh, I did something Thursday night I haven't done in a while. My buddy Pat, who's been on the show, he came into the city, uh, flew into the city from L.A. with his wife, and he had uh, they're in produ- uh, production and uh, stuff like that, editing for big shows, and she had to take out some people. And um, he was doing his work from here as well. And uh, he just, I just met him out for like, for drinks. I took the train in. And I tell you, first of all, I, I, I'm going to bash New Jersey Transit. And this is why. I haven't been on a train in two years, really. And I get on the train. Now, it's probably the, the last time they cleaned that train. Okay. The, no, the trains were clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But now, I got to say, I was being a little bit of a jerk off, but in an adult way. I took two beers. And a 16-ounce uh, uh, paper coffee cup. I poured the... Uh, he gave you a hard time about drinking on the train? I poured uh, I poured a beer into the into the cup before I even got out. So I had a coffee thing in my hand. Couldn't tell it was beer. Of course, I had one stuffed in my, uh, my bag, which you couldn't see. And I was going to sip it like coffee, but drink a beer. I was going to read uh, some magazines I brought, some Hollywood reporters I had to catch up on. Sip a beer while I'm going in the city. I forgot you because of COVID. You can't drink on trains anymore. Now I didn't know this. I just didn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done it. Look, drink no, what? No, you, no beverages at all anymore. See, this is also. I mean, that's oh, forget, not politics. I'm just saying I didn't no, know the rule. No, I don't. I don't mind what, where you're going with that. But what I'm saying is, I've never seen that enforced. I was taking a train to and from Philly before twice a COVID. Week during COVID, no, during no. Well, well, anyway. So I get on this train. Okay. In and other this, words, that guy's just an asshole. Yeah, well, it was, it was a woman, oh. uh, uh, and you know, she was. Uh, uh, she just said, "Sir, excuse me, you can't drink beverages on this train." I said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know." 
So I said, is there trash? Is there a trash can on the train? And she says, yes, right down there. So I got up to go throw the thing out that she didn't want me to have. I, I went in my head. I said, oh my God, it's COVID. Of course, what am I thinking? I don't want to, I didn't want to go against the rules. I go to throw it out, but what do I do? I drop my mask. I'm, my back's to her. I drop my mask. I, I down the little, I have an inch left. I downed it and I threw it in. As soon as I dropped my mask while I was downing it, she starts screaming. What's the matter with you? That doesn't give you the right to drop your mask. As if I shot somebody. I said, lady, calm down. I said, I'm just throwing the thing out. And then she was proceeding to take the tickets at different stops, blah, 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 mocking me out in front of the people in front of the train, imitating me, chugging the beer and everything. And I started to like, now I'm getting pissed. And when we got to Hoboken, I was I was looking for her. I was gonna I was gonna say like, well, what do you get off talking to me that way, you know? But I couldn't find her. So whoever that lady was on the five o'clock train heading into the city. Breaking news. I don't want to bring it back to sports, but Luis Rojas fired. Mets manager. Mets is out. manager fired live on our show. That's cool. Well, I'm bashing New Jersey Transit. Uh, the Met manager. I thought got you were fired. gonna say that they wouldn't let you drink beer. No, you can't. There's the no rule. liquids because of COVID. I was going to say, that's a, that's a so, crazy But rule. you know what was great, though? I got into the city with my buddy. It was nice being out again, man, in the city. It was really cool. I actually, when I got off the path um, by World Trade Center, it was nice to, to, to go to the Oculus, walk through. Um, it was nice to, I ended up walking up uh, West Broadway. Uh, it was just nice. The city was moving a little bit. Nice day. Beautiful weather out. It wasn't too hot. Uh, ended up at this like dive bar, which I can't think of the name of it uh, right now. It's surprising me. I should know the name of it. Um, and down in Tribeca, and uh, it was just nice to be out, man. We ended up going to the Comedy Cellar, and we went up to the restaurant above the Comedy Cellar. And his wife was getting a kick out of it because that show crashing. I was explaining to her that's the bar, that's where the comedians sit. Blah blah blah. Now I'm not eligible to perform at the cellar because it's like the top comedians whatever um but the funny thing about the cellar i forgot was i went down when you got to go to the bathroom when you're in the restaurant you you got to walk through the show you are when you walk to the bathroom during the middle of a show from the restaurant upstairs you are seven feet from the stage i've never seen it's the oddest setup anybody's been to the cellar but the cellar was packed it's such a great room you're downstairs low ceiling totally on top of the stage really cool place uh, I don't even know who performed. I didn't care. I was trying now, to go pee. I know typically in the city, I, I'm completely out in the dark when it comes to the comedy world in the city. Do the seller, do they give away free shows or do you actually have to pay for it? No, the seller, you have to pay. Yeah, no, right. But they do, they have, every show has their way of giving away tickets yeah, somehow. If it's not full, they're going to stand outside Correct. and fill it up. But the, the seller is also the hot place to be. So uh, all the big comedians are still there. But it was really awesome to be bounced around the city. So that was my week. And um, like I said, I feel like hopefully we're going to get a little handle on this COVID thing. I'm actually going to get my booster shot this week. Um, my buddy got one, so I figured I'll go, I'll go to a CVS, get the boost, because I don't feel like getting sick, God bless. And um, that's it. That is my week. And, of course, you know what time it is now. What time is it now? Jimmy's bookings, baby. It's Jimmy's bookings time. And um, we got something very interesting to announce. Uh, very sad, actually. Um, I want a little quiet music here. Or the hum from this room. Um, you want me to put in a soft? Hum, no, you don't like have a, to. Like we don't. We. I don't need you. Eulogy. No, I don't want you. After today's, after today's Jimmy's bookings, next week will be the final 
Jimmy's bookings. Now, sadly, you could say, I know some of you are going to miss this segment. We're going to come up with another kind of segment. But the thing, first I felt bad myself, and then I realized I've been doing five or six of them a week. You know, and I'm not like Gene Hackman over here. So, And there are a few smaller other bookings. And sadly, I see them on my credits, don't remember them, don't know who directed it, who casted me. So I don't think there's any stories there. So we will do these today. And then next week, we will do the final one. But don't worry. Absolute Eyewear will still have something to to uh, sponsor. But it's Jimmy's Bookings, and it's Absolute Eyewear getting involved. 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. Or 732-326-EYES. Nobody does that anymore. Just use the 3937 at the end. Um, I was actually, you know, Johnny was at the game on uh, on Saturday. She was aggravated. Uh, the Yankees were getting beat. Rutgers was getting smoked. It was such a bad afternoon for her and uh, my family and other people. Uh, I would normally give a shout-out to Craig, but I decided I'm just going to call, even though he has a great business and I love him, so go there to get your glasses. I'm going to kind of, without saying it, I'm going to kind of call him a jerk-off because he never calls me anymore. I haven't Last week to him. you called him a loser. I did? Yeah, okay. so he's a loser so, jerk-off. So, because Craig, A, probably doesn't listen to the podcast, and he doesn't ever call me up with any, like, things to, to, to say about Absolute Eyewear. So, I'm just going to go on record now. Is It's a great place to go get glasses, and it's really, it's owned by Janine Michaud, and his brother helps out every now Her and then. brother. That's false, but I'm trying to promote a falsehood. I'm trying to be like... That's like the new, like, you know, CNN, Fox News things. I'm promoting that Johnine really runs the show and Craig just every once in a while waxes some glasses or something like that. So Craig is on my shit list, as you say. But it's uh, it's it's, it's family owned by Janine herself. <laughs> uh, they're licensed opticians. Craig uh, was my right center fielder. If we were playing softball now, I'd cut him because he doesn't call me. They're full service opticians. They got prescription eyewear, prescription sunglasses, Great sunglasses, safety glasses, sports glasses, motorcycle glasses, glasses for the kids, contacts, eye exams, the whole bit. Um, you get $100 off a complete pair of prescription eyeglasses when you mention this podcast. Key phrase, complete pair. And um, so go down there and also bring a picture of me and put it on the wall. They've been in business 16 years. Uh, she's open five days a week. They're closed on Wednesdays. Why? Because Janine used to come watch us play softball. And they're closed on Sundays because Janine's a big Giant fan. Um, that's how I'm saying it now. I feel very bad for Craig. He's going to, part of this new thing now, being that the bookings is ending, I'm just going to bash uh, one of the owners of Absolute Eyewear, even though I love him still. But and I have by to. By one, you mean Craig every time. Yeah, it's just Craig. Yeah. Craig's got to take a beat now because I want you guys to go there to Absolute Eyewear because it's a good place to get your glasses. It's also a good way to find out if he listens to the podcast because if he doesn't. If he doesn't. If he doesn't come back and say, hey, jerk off. Right. You're a loser. Yes. Then you know he I, doesn't listen. I know they pay for these ads, so we love him. But. I, like, like your own kid. I feel like he's, he's my, my kid has to be spanked a little bit. You know what I mean? He's starting to come home after the curfew. You know what I mean? I got to let him know he's not that good. Um, kind of like he's like Daniel Jones. He's not quite that good. Everybody relax. It's like you didn't throw any picks, but you had to throw the one. Right. That's it. That's it. So, Craig, uh, listen, you know, why don't you call me this week so we can maybe discuss next week's podcast. But please check him out. Absolute Eyewear, 42 Main Street, Woodbridge, New Jersey, 732-326-3937. I can't wait to hear from Janine because she's going to be like, Jimmy, you just bashed my brother and he's the owner of the place. I'm bashing him in a, in a, uh, playful, uh, in a playful fantasy world. Um, 
he's a he owns a great place, but he's being a jerk off to me, so I got to give him shit. So that's it, absolute eyewear. Now, can we finally, if we please can, get to uh, Jimmy's bookings? That's right. First one, listen. No, you didn't do. You didn't go through the lineup. Wow. I'm here for you, buddy. And, you know, that's why I didn't do my, I was so, you know what? Now, so in, first of all. Wrapped up in bashing first of all, Craig. First of all, yes. This, I know, I know everybody says my absolute eyewear ad is long now. It's like five minutes, but I've been pretty short lately on it. Now, now Craig, I'm, listen, I'm talking to Craig personally now. Listen, Craig, listen to me. You annoyed me so much by just never getting in touch with me about your ad, what you think of it, what you want to change, that you actually caused me to not do Bob Shepard. Now, I think as fans of the show, even though you still have to go to Absolute Eyewear to get your glasses because it's a great place, I think that's. I think you should be. You should be. I don't know. Reprimanded for that. So now I think what you have to do to get the hundred dollars off, bring a picture of Craig Mashad. And put a big X over it and put that on the window. I think that's where we're going to go with that. Until he calls me. Now, if he calls me, I'll be totally on the show next week. It'll be all about Craig and we'll bash the sister. But still, um, your attention, please. Now aggravating my soul, Craig Mashad, owner of Absolute Eyewear that sells Ray-Ban coach Ralph Lauren, Jimmy Choo, Silhouette, Michael Kors, Vogue, Maui Jim, and Costa Del Mar sunglasses. I must say, Craig is a jerk-off. All right, so that's my Bob Shepard, which I can't believe I forgot to do. It would have been the first time. No Bob Shepard. Come on now. And you got to mention that they have, what do they have on site now? And a license? Yeah, they got a license. They do eye exams right All there. Right. They you make, did say that. You did they say make that. the stuff right there as well, so they quick turnaround. Give them a call. They can occasionally ship stuff if, it, if, it's, you know, if it's, you know, exactly what you need. But they like to fit you and make sure it's all good. Absolute Eyewear, 732-326-3937. Well, that was a good hour of the show, bashing Craig. Um, at least we're going to know if he if he calls me up. But I appreciate Chris behind the glass telling me that I forgot a major segment of the show. What's going on? I'm, I'm, I'm making, like, errors lately. I'm the East New York, West New York, Mel Hall over uh, Charlie Hayes, which, which yeah. if, if, if I was on ESPN right now and I made a mistake between Mel Hall and Charlie Hayes and I got fired... I would have to publicly say I, I, I apologize. I, I, no, I agree with the call. Yeah, like, because like, if I, I never if I own this network and you made that mistake, I would like Chris. We got to talk. Like I, I'm have to let you go because <laughs> you just can't make Charlie Hayes, Mel Hall. You can't make that mistake. Now East New York, West New York. Nobody's been there, but I feel bad if I send somebody to the wrong town. Um, I assure you this: you'll know the difference between West New York and East New York. I'll leave it at that. But okay, this this one booking here is very unique. It's on Netflix, and it's unique for two ways. Now, this is for the female members of the audience, and the female members that are over 50. There's probably two of you. I, everybody, a lot of girls right around Thanksgiving, they just fall in love with these holiday mu movies on Hallmark. Those bad, sappy movies with the stars from the 80s, but they're a huge, it's a huge business model. Like, 
the, uh, Hallmark shoots like 40 a year and they all air. Yeah, and there's, and, there's and actors and actresses that get booked and, oh, in all make, of them. The same, they, you see the same actors they, and actresses. That's all they do. Yeah. They make a living. It's like a soap career. And it's always the same thing. He comes back to the town, sees the girl he dated in high school, and usually someone almost dies. Then there's the old man who does die and the father and this. Then they have the moment where they're walking through, they suck face, but then he screws up. It's the same thing, but it's soap opera stuff. Like the movie's already written. It's already written. It's already written. But I, I never I never was in one because they shoot mostly in Vancouver and Utah. They don't shoot them in New York because they're like $5 productions that are shot well. But um, but this is unique. So I booked a movie called Holiday Rush, and it's a home, uh, not a Hallmark movie, a Netflix movie. But it's a full-blown Christmas, one of those Christmas movies. The difference is it's uh, one with all, it's like from the uh, African-American slant. He's a DJ on the radio, and he has the wife and the girlfriend and blah, blah, blah. Not the wife and a girlfriend, but, you know, there's all family, the mother and all that. Um, so uh, I don't even know. Can I say, am I allowed to say black and I can't say black now, right? Yeah. No, you can. You can? It's a movie with all, all black cast? Yeah. I, don't I thought think, you can't you know say that. I don't think you can say, actually, urban. I didn't say urban. I know. I'm just I'm just giving no, you, you what isn't allowed. Um, uh, again. But no, like even in the, in the Grammys, they would say urban... They would like that would be a category, and now it's not. I can't even say Urban Meyer hanging out oh, in a strip that's club this Urban, weekend. That's a good transition. See, right you there. like that joke? Huh? Do, See, pull do. up one for three. He's got it. We're tired of anyone. No. Anyway, it's an all African American cast. I'll leave it at that. Um, which was cool to do with cute kids, a bunch of little kids. I played a guy put the pool in. Classic Jimmy Palumbo booking. I played a jerk off putting a pool in. In a Christmas movie. In a Christmas movie. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, that is unbelievably cute um, and and, uh, and and sappy and uh, a bunch of people that did watch. You know what's funny? A bunch of people that watch this movie on, it's called Holiday Rush. It's on Netflix right now. Um, I think this movie got better reviews than 90% of the things I've ever done. I swear to God. It uh, uh, even beer league. Um, it's just like uh, these women love these movies. And with these movies, like what what makes them bad to you and I is what actually makes them good to the people that enjoy these movies. So now, now what happens to me is when I'm two o'clock in the morning and I come across one of these, what happens to me is I end up. You watch it for ten minutes and and you go, God, this is so sappy. Oh wait a minute, who's that girl? She was on. Was she on? Was she on uh, Charles in Charge? Who's the boss? Like, who is? The, was she one of the Charlie's Angels? After all, four of them were gone. And what happens is you get caught up in a little bit of the plot. And you know what happens? It's like watching an old Dateline on NBC. You have to wait. You watch the whole movie to find out does he get? Because sometimes he doesn't get the girl, but it's a happy ending. And you, you end up waiting to see how does he get back in love with the girl who you know that kind of thing. So I, I've been caught. Every male has been caught watching one of these bad movies. I assure you. Um, but it, it's it's a cute I'm movie. Probably going to watch this movie you're talking you about. Have to watch, you know what? Within the week okay, with my I, girlfriend. You know what? So. Okay. Again, it's only October, but I I give out homework assignments. Your homework assignment is your beautiful girlfriend Ashley. Between now and Monday. Um, I want you, uh, listen, I know it's going to take time because it took eight weeks to put up the new Getting Involved t-shirts on the website. You have a homework assignment. I want you and her to watch Holiday Rush. We've been scouring through the Boardwalk Empire episodes, haven't gotten to yours yet. You haven't yet. gotten to me yet, but I want you to watch, it's only at 90 minutes, this movie, I and I want your full review the next, the next, the next Monday. Deal. So that's Holiday Rush right there. That might be a good segment. Cast it by, I start watching your movies and, and you then have review, to review them. I look, no, maybe that could be their new segment. You have to, and you got to do more homework. Can't wait. It was directed by, uh, casted by, uh, directed by Leslie Small and casted by Don Carroll. The next one, um, 
is a movie called, now it's two movies. It's kind of a unique thing. The name of the movie was um, Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby. Him and Disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, Them. And what it is, they shot two movies at the same time to be released separately in the theaters, like at the same time, where you go see one from like both of their point of view and then the guy's point of view. So it's two different point of views, same plot. And it was a unique thing. So basically they tried to cut costs by, so if this was like a $4 million movie, trying to shoot two movies for $4 million. But you had to bank on that the first one that gets released is a hit. Because they're not going to see this. So in other words, it's like saying, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pitch my uh, bullpen, and I, if the guy does well, but if the bull, the guy gets shellacked. Or they're just realizing that those movies that they jump from perspective to perspective and time to time are are mind. I'm not going to use the word, but they're really hard to watch for some right. People. So, uh, but <laughs> they were so sweet. The me. writer and the casting director was Mona Mickelson, but I got to do a scene with Jessica Chastain. I played a parking attendant. I think my line was like, "Pull up to the left." It was such a lame line. And then but, in the next movie, did did you have to say this other the same line, but from someone else's camera? No, in the, in the next movie, uh, I'm sucking face with Jessica Chastain because that's from my point of view. How I wanted to go. <laughs> I'm teasing about that. Well, well played. But, uh, Anyway, it was a, it's just a cool movie. As a matter of fact, when I auditioned for The Family in front of Luke Besson, I had just auditioned for this. And while he was in the back of the room, I didn't know who Luke Besson was, who did The Professional or The Taken movies. And he asked me, what have you been doing? And I said, well, I had some auditions. I just had, and I looked at him while, in the room. And I said, you know, I just auditioned this thing where it's uh, shooting two movies at once from two different point of views, but they're two separate movies, two separate releases. And he goes, oh, no, that's very interesting. But, you know, it's like in France, we, uh, we, and he started talking about a movie in France that did the same thing. And I think it made me sound intelligent the way I was talking about it. I, I, I'm convinced that's why I booked it. Um, other than him asking me where I lived, and I said North Jersey, and he said, where's that? Forgetting that he's from France. And I looked at him, I go, it's easy. Go over the tunnel, get on the parkway, go to the top, make a left. And... I realized that the casting director who knew what I meant, this guy from France, I had no idea, but he went, oh, nice, good, good, like, no idea what I was talking about. So I'm mixing that in with my disappearance of Eleanor Rigby, but uh, that's cool. It was a cool, different thing. The other one I did, booking, uh, is a, a little, it's a short film called Loop Planes, and it was the first movie, I don't even know where you can get this movie, it was directed by... Um, uh, Girl named Wilby was her last name, and it had to do with a cast member who was, I guess, uh, non-binary or trying to figure out if she was a girl or guy. But she was only like fifteen or sixteen, coming of age kind of thing. So it was kind of unique. And I, they, we shot it at an old carnival, an old permanent carnival, like Bowcraft of Route Twenty Two, one of those in Connecticut. On my, my first birthday there. There you go. There you go. Uh, but this also had like a bad little beach to it, like a lake beach, you know. And I played like the jerk off manager of the place. Yes, I cla another classic Palomo booking. Um, but it was cool to do. The cast was really cool. Um, I got to meet a, the, the cast members. We were sitting there BS, and it was a cool. Plus, it was cool to be in a closed amusement park with the rides running and everything. Of course, I was able to go on a few rides. I had to be a jerk off and do that. But uh, Loop Planes, very cool. I think she won a bunch of awards for it. And it's kind of, I don't want to say it's like, a, it's a, the subject material is. is bigger now than it was then. So I would say, I don't want to say it was groundbreaking, but back then people weren't doing stuff like that. So I give her credit. She was a little ahead of the curve there. 
The other thing I did, um, I did another movie with Vinnie Pastore, Big Pussy, and Frank Vincent um, called Tale of Two Pizzas. And it's like a Romeo and Juliet thing where one guy across the street is like Frank's pizza and the other guy across the street is Vinnie's pizza who has the best pizza. So instead of like murdering, it was more about like, you know, but Frank's daughter ends up dating Vinnie's daughter and and in the end, they fight each other. Frank's but daughter and Vinny's daughter, they really go pushing the envelope. No, no, I, the, not, but I'm just saying they... It was Frank's daughter and Vinny's son in the movie, or was it actually a... No, they just, the two actors were the, the, the pizzeria owners. The one was a girl. I think they, where, where I'm going with this is that you You're said that the two daughters were dating. Is that no, what no, you no, no, no. in the movie? I'm sorry. Or was uh, the son and the I daughter? I misunderstood, right. okay, because I'm from the other movie. You got That's what I was saying. I was like, wow. I know, you're all into this Me Too environment. No, what I meant to say is the... the one guy has a daughter, the other guy has a son. They start dating, but they hate each other. The fathers hate each other because of pizza. Um, and it was a cute little funny movie to do. And uh, I'm glad I did that. And I got to work with what Big Pussy. What was your part? I played a, uh, a pizza guy. Pizza inspector that says there's rats and stuff, even though there's not. Um, another movie I did was called The Inquisition of Camilio uh, Sands, which was directed by John Marco Lopez. Uh, the whole movie is about this uh, Mexican kid who's trying to get uh, his green card to stay in the United States by marrying someone who's already American. It's all in that world. And I played like the jerk off lawyer who's like, you got to pay him 20 grand to get you the green card. But like, I'm trying to tell him like, they're on the, they're on to you now. Like you can't, you really got to marry her and you really got to live with her and you really got to, otherwise we're going to get beat here. You know, I'm like, but I had like the open collar shirt. I was like a baboon. I think I even referenced Molly Hatchet in the scene just to like be a jerk. But it was cool to do. A director was cool. Um, and I really enjoyed that movie. I, nothing ever happened with it, but I always thought, I was like, ah, oh, this movie should have made something. But I don't even know if it got released, to be honest with you. Look it up. Um, the last one for this week, movie called Girl Most Likely, I did with a, uh, with uh, Kirsten Wig um, and Annette Benning, I played the doorman of her boyfriend, and she's trying to get in late at night. It's a quirky movie. Uh, I'm saying Kir it's Kristen Wig, not Kirsten. Kristen Wig. Um, she's from SNL. It was weird. Um, it was a quirky movie. She's quirky. She's kind of pretty. Like she's one of those. I call her like. Um, you turn one way, she's not that pretty. She turns another way, she's beautiful. Like, and then, but she's but she's sweet and adorable and funny. Um, and I thought the movie was like quirky, decent, you know. Uh, but the, the reason why I'm even bringing up this booking, I ended up going. I, I had a softball game on Wednesday. There was a two o'clock screening in the Westfield Twinplex. I think they even closed now, before COVID even. I went there. There was no there was no one in the theater but me. Two o'clock on a Wednesday. The movie came out the Friday before. You get some old blue hairs in there. Nothing. The guy, the guy didn't let me in the theater. He was like, "Hang on, like I gotta like had to turn it on. Like you had to put the lights off. Didn't the lights expect came. anybody. It was, like, it was like there was no preparation. I turned it on, and then the guy kind of reminds you of coming into your podcast. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, you're here. Let me <laughs> plug everything in. That's what you have to do." But I laughed at the the guy. Even I heard a voice yell out, "Hey, do you want to even see the trailers?" <laughs> Like, it was like, what are you going to skip like just right to the movie? It was like, it was like a DVD at home. Like, it's pathetic. Uh, 
then I felt, I felt bad because I'm, I'm like, I'm in the movie. That's why I'm here. And he's like, oh, all right. Didn't even, all right. Doesn't matter. But then I didn't want to walk out because that's a bad thing to walk out on a movie. But I thought the movie was okay, so I stood there for it. But it's a kind of a sad, lonely existence where you're an actor watching yourself on screen with none of your friends, none of your family, all by yourself. Not even another fan. <laughs> nothing. Not even a nothing. I can't even, like, I couldn't even go, hey, that's me. I was like, I just, and the only good part of the story is I, you know, I went four for five in the softball game. So I want to know how many people can say that they acted in a movie, went to go see it at two o'clock, and then played softball and went and got four hits. Yeah, I don't think you can really say that that Only much. Only one person I know of that could say that. It's it's Johnny Trino. Johnny Trino was in that. That's a little bit, a couple years back. I was still like, I was at the end of my prime. You know what I mean? It was probably my last four hit game, to be honest with you. I was getting shot. So those are my bookings. And yes, this next week will be the final booking thing. Um, end of an era, ladies and gentlemen. End of an era. Unless I book something this week. Uh, I am up for a few things. That could change the schedule here at Shea. Um, hopefully I get it because it will be financially rewarding. Um, all right. And we'll be right back. Service Team of Professionals, a.k.a. Stop Restoration of Edison, is a locally owned and operated business that provides professional disaster cleaning and restoration services, including a 24-hour emergency service to homeowners, property managers, real estate investors, and insurance companies alike. Stop Restoration helps people overcome the stress and anxiety of unforeseen circumstances caused by fire, smoke, water, mold, and other unexpected damages. As part of a nationally recognized restoration franchise, Stop Restoration of Edison is backed by the best technical advisors and business consultants in the country. Visit them right now online at www.stop-edison.com. All right, we are back here. You know, I had one of those crazy weekends going to uh, Rutgers games and running around doing this and the other thing. Saw my daughter a little bit. and um, But I actually uh, was caught that movie, uh, Many Saints of Newark. And uh, I'm a big Sopranos fan. I really enjoyed that show when it was on. And I was really excited about this movie. Like, I just had expectations. I had anticipation. I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Gandolfini's kid, blah, blah, blah. And... Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I, I was disappointed in the movie. But I think I was disappointed mostly because to, I have The Sopranos on such a high standard. And the weekly show, and the uh, this is before binging, where you had to actually what, wait the next week. And I, I, I just, my overall review would be like, it was just unnecessary. Like, we, do we really need this? I, I just... Um, I guess so. I guess I, I guess the word is I was disappointed in it. Probably the only thing since it was a prequel to Sopranos. One of the cool things about it, I think, was you got a little perspective on uh, Tony's mother and how she was a little bit, uh, a little craziness about her. They kind of let you, kind of fed you a little bit about that. So I thought that little plot point of the prequel, but everything else, I, I just you know. Um, it just, uh, I don't know. You set the bar as high as the Sopranos did. It's like a Yankee fan getting to the ALCS and getting eliminated. That's a, a poor, that's a terrible season because it, we're used to winning. Sopranos is such a good show. Right, and it, you, you got to do a prequel. It takes place in a different time, um, 70s and stuff like that. Uh, they tried to show the, the maybe maybe they also, I'll, I'll give it another positive. They did show the, the riots of Newark how around Newark, a lot of the little neighborhoods were still Jewish, Greek, Italian. And then the riots happened in 68, and that changed Newark forever. 
Um, unfortunately, uh, they, those ethnic groups left. They moved to Linden, Elizabeth, where I live, Rawway, um, stuff like that. So they did show that a little bit, how devastating the na- the riots were in the neighborhoods. Um, they, showed, they showed that. But I, you know what? Just, again, high bar, and I thought it missed the bar. And so. you, say, you say that they, don't, they didn't need it. Now, when we're talking about a, a, a show that was as successful as The Sopranos, they might not have needed it, but you know what they did need? They needed the money. I'm sure that, yes. that movie's going to grow. And uh, I guess, you know what? Technically, um, I think they could probably make another one because they, they left enough time before The Sopranos. So there's room for another movie for sure. And uh, maybe I'll enjoy that one because now my expectations will be lower, like many of you when you listen to my podcast. Um, but... Uh, Believe me, I knew a few guys that are in the movie. I'm thrilled to them. I wish I was in it. <laughs> I wish I was in any movie. Um, but uh, I don't know. I know online it's getting bashed a little bit. Um, some of them are fair. Some of them are not fair. I guess you have to go see it for yourself. Um, and if you're, I've been seeing mixed. It's definitely been mixed, for sure. Um, but I guess I kind of felt that way a little bit, like the Irishman. Like, all right. I, I just, I, I don't woke know. Up, I woke up. Three times during the Irishman because that means I fell asleep three times. Right, it's so just way too long. It was, that was too long as well. But this one wasn't too. Actually, this one might even been a little short if you ask me. But uh, listen, I think David Chase is a great writer. Um, I don't know. I'd be curious to hear what other people say. I've been actually trying to read what people are posting about it and stuff. Um, some people blindly said it was like the greatest movie they ever saw. I don't get that. Um, usually, Italian guys post that. But, um, you know what? It just, uh, you know, two and a half out of five stars. That's how I see it. That's it. I'm calling it that way, my friend. Um, so I got a big week ahead of me. I got uh, I got my Scarlet Knights playing Michigan State on Saturday. We got the Yankees tomorrow, Red Sox. My, my You know, my prediction is that Cole's going to, I think Cole's going to shit the bed, but the Yankees are going to win. Um I just feel that way. What are your thoughts on that? Honestly, I think the Red Sox are the worst postseason team in the last 15 years. That team is bad. Their pitching is arguably the worst in baseball. They're yeah, really bad. One game. They have a couple guys on their lineup that played well early, but really when I look at the Red Sox, I just don't – a testament to, to their manager because somehow they piece it together and they're here, and there's something to be said for that. But just you, the way we've been playing against the Red Sox down the stretch, I don't think that the Red Sox have a shot in this game. Not really? against Cole. No. Well, so you do you agree with the one wild card game, or do you think it should be best out of three? I do agree with it. I agree with it because it does couple, it does put pressure reasons. on the what regular I, what season. I, what I like about it is it fixes the regular season in some ways. Whereas trade deadline, when there was only one wild card, there was eleven teams in each league that were out by trade deadline. So all the good players were getting shipped to the and, better teams, and it was just and creating back in such the day, the Yankees, Red Sox, they didn't care whether you were the wild. You just got to get in. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess he did fix that. But there's something about baseball and the one and done that's like, ah. Yeah, I, I but understand. you know what? Win your division. Win your division. Talk to me about that True. if you're an, AL, an NL West fan. If you're a Dodgers or, or a Giants fan, then you have a case because brutal. you both won 100 games and you could lose one game one and be game. done. It's brutal. But you know what? That rarely happens But like here's that. the beauty of it. They get to play the game. So you gotta you gotta win the game. It's win just game. like any other thing. It's like you, you didn't earn the spot. And also winning division is even more important because – Odds are you start the uh, division series or whatever on Thursday. And so if you had a fight to get in like the Yankees did, and if, if you don't set yourself upright, your your bullpen, your starters and is that, a mess. And that's, a, that's another thing, and too. that's an advantage. I think 
you can't have these teams take a week off. If you win your division and you, you can't wait for a whole series to take place before you get to play baseball again, it's too much. It's too long. You yeah, got to keep too long. You got to keep these teams. Well, the, and give them that's a nice why a rest. lot of times the division winners sometimes lose game one. Yeah, because uh, the other team's coming off the wild card. And win. That's what I'm saying. When you win that wild card game, if you could win it in in, you, in you, dramatic fashion, it catapults. Like you I think, the if the Yankees season. do win, the, they'll the be Yankees a bitch. Have done. I, I would like to know the numbers. Just speaking from the Yankee side of it in the American League. They do well. That that team that wins that wild card game typically has been advancing in the first round. I don't know that they've been World Series. Yankees haven't won the World Series, but they've won that wild card game three times. Each time they advance to the following series. So right. it does. So, yeah, so the Yankees have not lost in a wild card game, no. have they? Wow. Ooh, and they've been in some tough spots where Didi, they gave up three runs. Yeah, they were losing three, I three that. Run shot. Yep, There's some yep. good moments in those games. Should be interesting um, for sure. So go Yanks in that regard. Of course, uh, the nobody cares category. The, the Knicks are starting their practice games. By the way, if you're watching preseason hockey and preseason basketball, you you have you got to go go to counseling. Definitely, if you're watching preseason hockey and preseason basketball in the middle of a pennant race in week four of the <laughs> yeah. NFL, there really yeah. is something everything, wrong. Everything all right at home. Maybe go check to marriage counseling, or maybe go uh, you know maybe there's some medication you should be on, like especially preseason hockey. I know people that watch preseason hockey. Of like other teams like the Buffalo Sabers against the Carolina whatever they're called down there like what the you know it's funny we we have hurricanes I think okay I swear to God I I want to I want to have a game show where I have to name the, all the teams and all the leagues and what cities are in I don't I think I know eight I think I know eight hockey teams like it, there's no more Minnesota North Stars right I'm gonna give you a thing I'm gonna <laughs> go, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give you a thing it's gonna say NFL at the top and I'm gonna say one through thirty two. And you're going to have to write the team and the city, the teams, the city, and one player from each team without without looking okay, at the internet. Okay, I'm telling you right now, I will not do it. There's definitely going to be at least 16, 17 teams. I don't know the player. I think you one can handle player. the NFL if you've really sat and thought about the quarterbacks. Yeah, but, but you only got to get. We're talking Major League Baseball. But you only get like two, you get five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Hockey, yeah, you know, like what, eight teams? I wouldn't there? even do good in hockey. <laughs> right. so. Also, we got to let everybody know finally. Because Chris works so hard, so many hours here. He has no time. We finally have my T-shirt up, which is exciting. And you got to go to chopsportsstore.chopsports.shop. Why do we complicate this? Why can't you just go to chopsports.com? I'll give you a better one. You go to chopsportsmedia.com, click on merch. There you go. There you go. Chopsportsmedia.com, click on merch, scroll way down. No, no, no. Scroll down to the number one podcast on the network, the Jimmy Palumbo Show, and then click in there, and you're going to see an additional shirt that just says, getting involved, uh, dot, dot, dot. Um, With what you're getting involved with, that's open to interpretation. That's it. uh, Getting involved means when you're getting involved is a Marv Albert thing, but it also means uh, Eddie Lee Wilkins getting involved here, but also means when you're kind of, a little bit of sticking your nose in where it doesn't belong, or when you're in a positive way adding to a situation like like a, the Jimmy Palumbo appearance on the Monday stream. I, I, I was get, getting involved. I was getting involved when Chris actually opens his mouth on my podcast. Chris Gucci getting involved here, and of course Dave Sturchow is always getting involved in every podcast. I just threw Dave under the bus, but um, he's not here. Usually we hear his voice, but he's not here to even make fun of me, and that's part of the show, but that's okay. Uh, we'll see Dave uh, next Monday. I'm sure he'll be here. Now, now that I said this, I know he'll probably be sitting next to me with my headphones on. I'll have the headphones on. He'll be like, Can I, let, me, <laughs> let me hear. I'm like, he's sitting fucking next to you. It's, it's like, where's Waldo? Where's Dave? 
where is the voice in the background? But you know, you know what it is. I think the Cowboys are three and one. He's just like, he's out like just eating milkshakes and candy and ice cream right now. He's just so excited. Dave made a comment today about the Yankees celebrating with the wild card. And he's yes. like, oh, they're popping champagne. I was like, Dave, you were popping champagne Absolutely. after week three. Yeah, you it's were popping a, champagne when Tampa beat you. He's excited. He is excited <laughs> no, about his Cowboys, Cowboys. are playing well. Cowboys playing well. They're good. I got to give it to him. You know, you know what sucks when you have nothing? Like, I was going to bust his balls, but I don't have any. The, the, the Giants stink, and the Cowboys are playing well. I got nothing. So I'll wait till Giants play the Cowboys this week. Oh, that's why Giants play the Cowboys. So, um you're in a win-win because if they if the Giants lose, you're like, well, we're supposed to lose. Giants are going to beat the Cowboys on Sunday. That's my prediction. You heard it right here. Plus, they're getting eight and a half. It's a lock. Anyway, all right, everybody. That's show number 30. Thanks for going along. Please go check out Apple Podcasts. Click reviews. Click positive. Do whatever. Send me an email. Give me a shout. Do the whole bit. And we'll see you next week with a very special guest. <laughs>